What is up everyone? It is Quinn here back with another video. And today I'm gonna to be running through my top 15 rookie running back rankings. We have the NFL draft less than a week away. So I thought this would be a good opportunity to just put out my final set of running back rankings over the next few days. I'll also be going through my wide receivers and then probably just doing like a top 24 big board. And then obviously I'll be updating those after the NFL draft. This specific video, we're looking at the running backs. I think in my most recent running back video, I did top 12. So now we're at top 15 and then also just breaking down these players into tiers So you can just kind of see you know what players I have in the same buckets, but let's just jump right into it We're gonna start it off at the top running back one the only player I have in tier one I mean come on we know who it is It's Bijan Robinson out of Texas really just a full package at the running back position He's pretty much widely regarded as the dynasty running back one right now You know not even being on an NFL roster and the thing that I actually thought was kind of crazy was we kind of knew he was locked into the first round. It was just a matter of, was he going more pick 25? Was he going top 20? Right now, at the time that I'm recording this on DraftKings, he is plus 110 to be picked in the top 10 picks of the NFL draft. So basically that means he's like a slight underdog to go in the top 10. That would likely be to the Falcons or the Eagles. I mean, he's going to be running back one no matter what, but if he does end up going in the top 10, this is just a fantastic overall profile out of Bijan Robinson. So have him here, tier one, my running back one overall in this rookie class and just in general for dynasty fantasy football. Now moving over to my running back two, he is going to also be the only player in his tier. I actually have Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama. So in my last you know few sets of rankings, I've had Gibbs and Charbonnet kind of in the same tier. They were both tier two guys. And I think you know you could make that argument but for me, when I'm really looking at these two players, I just firmly have Gibbs as the better option here. Also, it looks like he's locked in to be the second running back off the board, currently a minus 330 on DraftKings for that spot. And Gibbs just gives you elite receiving upside that we're just not going to see out of Charbonnet. In his uh, junior season, caught 44 passes for 446 yards, also has great speed, ran a 4.3640. And I think in general, right, the concern has been the size. He doesn't have a massive frame, came in at 199 pounds. People don't like that that's sub 200, but he is still very underrated as a runner. And I think if he's going to be picked probably early second round, maybe he sneaks into the back end of the first, but a team's going to be spending a quality draft pick on him. They're obviously going to use him as a pass catcher. We know he's going to have that role. And I think it's totally possible he sneaks in for 10 to 12 carries. You give that man five, six targets a game. He's going to be giving you fantastic fantasy production. So I am very in here on Jameer Gibbs. And then I'm kind of just going to be continuing the trend of having one player in each tier because at my running back three, my tier three, I have Zach Charbonnet. Eventually we will get into a point where we have like a ton of guys in the same spot, but I just think at this point they're very segmented. So Bijan, Gibbs, Zach Charbonnet here at an RB3 and in tier three, have him firmly behind Gibbs, but I think he's also firmly ahead of the rest of the field in terms of the running back position. And I think, you know, a strong argument could be made that Charbonnet is potentially the most well-rounded back behind Bijan Robinson in this class. He's operated as UCLA's workhorse over the past two seasons. This past year in 10 games, he rushed for 1,359 yards on seven yards a carry. And then he was a guy who wasn't super involved as a pass catcher in his first two seasons, only caught 14 total passes. This past two seasons, picked it up, caught 61 total 
over those past two years. He's six foot, 214 pounds, had solid athletic testing, nothing crazy, but you know, it definitely wasn't a negative. And it seems like he's locked in to be getting day two capital, whether it's round two, round three, you know, that remains to be seen. But just in general, a very, very strong prospect and someone who I have as my RB3. Now, this is going to be the final tier with only one player. And I didn't originally have A-Chain as a guy in his own tier out of Texas A&M. But just the more I kind of was looking at it, I think he's firmly behind Charbonnet. But I just think he's a little bit ahead of this massive tier five that I'm about to have. It looks like he's very likely to get that day two capital. And pretty much aside from being undersized, he does have a lot going for him. Great speed, we know that. Ran a 4-3-240. He's a very solid pass catcher. 24 receptions in 2021, and then 36 this past season in 2022. And kind of similar to Gibbs, you wouldn't expect him to be a super strong runner in between the tackles given his smaller frame, but he can totally get that done. And I think it's pretty obvious there's no shot we're going to see A-Chain getting 15 carries a game at 188 pounds. It just doesn't seem likely at all, but we know if a team's drafting him third round, he's going to see work as a pass catcher out of the backfield. I think he could get some opportunities in the slot, and I also just think he's too good of a runner to be totally phased out of that area, so I understand the concern that maybe he's a gadget guy, not super great for fantasy, For me, when we look at the talent here, I'm willing to take a swing on him. I think he can be very interesting for fantasy. Even if he's a guy who's only getting 12 to 14 opportunities per game, I still think he can make an impact. So now we're going to shift into my tier five, which like I kind of, uh, you know, hinted at, it's a very large tier with a lot of these running backs. And kicking off that tier as my RB5, I have Roshan Johnson out of Texas. He's going to be the guy who's kind of leading the pack here. Overall, I'd say he has a pretty well-rounded profile. I think the main concern here is just going to be his draft capital, but I really wouldn't be shocked if he was like the RB5, RB6 off the board. He could go late round three. Maybe he goes day three. We'll kind of just have to wait and see on that one. He's a guy who doesn't have some of the injury concerns that we'll see from some other guys in this tier. And he's also just going to give himself every opportunity to stay on NFL rosters. He can pass block. He can play special teams. He was a big time leader at Texas. He's just a guy who's going to have a role in the NFL. Now, whether or not that's a role that's going to lead to fantasy production, that remains to be seen. But I could definitely see himself kind of working himself into the rotation, even as early as like his rookie season. Now, sticking in tier five, my RB6, this is where I have Israel Abanakanda out of Pitt. And I talked about Izzy as a player who was uh, rising up my rankings in a video I did about a week ago. And with some of the injury concerns to guys like Tajay Spears, Sean Tucker, that may kind of affect their draft capital, I'm willing to take a swing on Izzy, who is a very impressive athlete at a workhorse size, 5'10", 216, pretty you know strong dude, big dude, ran a 77th percentile 40, had an 82nd percentile speed score, and then a 97th percentile burst score. So very strong numbers there out of a guy with a solid workhorse size who had a super, super impressive final season in 2022. Now shifting over to my RB7, I just mentioned this guy, Tajay Spears out of Tulane. I think for Spears, he has some very clear kind of positives and negatives here. Starting off on the positive, He's coming off of a huge 2022 season, rushed for 1,581 yards, scored 21 total touchdowns. We know he's very capable as a pass catcher, 22 receptions, 256 receiving yards this past season. And I also think he's a guy that the NFL has been fairly high on as a prospect. 
It seems like he was always a guy who, in terms of draft capital, looked to be in that range with like an A-chain, probably like later round three, potential third round pick somewhere in there. But we have heard some reports, you know, some of these RBs being hurt by injury concerns. Spears is a guy who had two ACL tears in college. So he's not exactly, you know, totally clean in the injury department. So we'll kind of see if he is affected there. That's one of the concerns. The other concern is that as an undersized back, his testing numbers weren't great, right? When you have a guy who's kind of around that 200 pound mark for the running back position, you want them to be a pretty strong athlete. Spears wasn't like terrible, but he definitely wasn't blowing anyone away. I think it'll be interesting to see where he's picked. Hopefully he doesn't slip because of some injury concerns that we're not super privy to but you know, we'll see where he ends up. Now moving over to my RB8, still in tier five, Sean Tucker out of Syracuse. And he's another guy here who's kind of been hit with some injury concerns. He wasn't cleared to test at the combine or at his pro day. So then he kind of came out, posted his own numbers. I really don't think we can take those at face value, right? Like you can't time your own stuff. I think he posted the videos, but still like we can't roll with those numbers. But on the 17th of April, he was cleared. Um, and I think he'll be testing on the 24th. I think Syracuse is doing another pro day. So that'll be in what, like two days, I think, since uh, when I'm recording this. So maybe we'll get some numbers. If he does perform well, maybe we'll start to hear some day two hype because we hadn't really heard that as of late. But when it comes to just straight up college production, I mean, you could put Sean Tucker up against most of the other top running backs in this class. He was a big factor in all three of his seasons, had a monster sophomore season. That was his best year overall had over 1,750 yards from scrimmage in just 12 games, and then had a solid uh, 2022. Could also catch passes, 56 total receptions in the past two seasons. I just think draft capital is going to be big here. If he's a guy who's going round five, round six, like it'll be tough to be hyped about him. But if he's going early round four, if he somehow sneaks into day two, then I think we can be very interested here in Sean Tucker. Now, moving over to RB9, still in tier five, Tank Bigsby out of Auburn. I feel like, you know, this offseason, there have been a lot of uh, kind of debates between Sean Tucker and Tank Bigsby. Right now, I do have Sean Tucker higher, but if Bigsby comes out, gets decently superior draft capital, like I have no problem swapping those two. Just like Tucker, Bigsby was a guy who was a pretty big factor in all three of his college seasons. I mean, after their uh, freshman year or Bigsby's freshman year, like there were legit debates between him and Bijan Robinson. Now, he hasn't necessarily lived up to that hype, you know, over the past two seasons, but I still think he's a guy who could be an interesting option, maybe late round three, round four of the NFL draft. I think he's a guy who could definitely come in, earn a role in a committee. He's able to rack up 51 receptions the past two seasons. I wouldn't say that's like a strength of his. He's capable of it, but like, do I think he's going to come in, be a three down NFL back or be like a third down back? Probably not, but I do think he could be able to find a role at the next level. Now my RB10, still in tier five, I have Kendra Miller out of TCU. He really hasn't been able to help his draft stock this offseason since he's uh, still been recovering from the knee injury he suffered late in the college football season. I think when we're looking at Miller's kind of most likely role at the next level, it's probably going to be more of an early down grinder. Coming off a season where he rushed for almost uh, 1,400 yards, 1,399 in 14 games, he caught 16 passes, but that's not really a spot where you kind of you know, are expecting him to work in at the NFL level. At this point, he's probably going to be a day three pick, but I do think he could be an interesting option in the right landing spot. 
solid offense where he's going to have a decent workload first, second down. I do think he's someone who could make some noise for fantasy. Now at uh, RB11, also in tier five, we have his former teammate, Zach Evans, who uh, transferred to Ole Miss originally at TCU with Kendra Miller. Personally, I'm just kind of struggling to see what role Zach Evans is going to fill at the NFL level. He's definitely a solid runner, but waiting at 202 at the combine, so kind of undersized if you're looking at like an early down grinder, caught 12 passes in 12 games this past season. So like, is he slotting in on third downs? Maybe not. Also draft capital probably falling on day three. So a guy that I'm not super hyped about at this point, I know some people really, really like him. So we'll see. Maybe he gets a solid landing spot. Maybe the draft capital is better than I am anticipating. But right now he's my RB11. And then the final player in tier five, we have Chase Brown out of Illinois. I think he was probably one of the biggest winners from the combine. Ran a 4-4-3-40 at 209 pounds, had an 89th percentile speed score, 95th percentile burst score. Now he is an older prospect at uh, 23 years old. He kind of broke out as Illinois running back one in 2020, but was still in somewhat of a committee, rushed for over 100 yards a game in 2021. And then his most impressive season was 2022, 12 games, rushed for 1,643 yards, also caught 27 passes for 240 yards, scored 13 touchdowns. I think at this point, he's like an interesting day three option. And now into the final tier, tier six, my running back 13, we've got kind of two clear types of running backs here in the final three. The first type is going to be Dwayne McBride out of UAB. He is super one-dimensional, but in the area he is one-dimensional in, he is very, very strong. This past season, in 11 games, McBride rushed for 1,713 yards on 7.4 yards per carry. That's averaging 156 rushing yards a game. Now, I said he was one-dimensional because as a pass catcher, he's pretty much a zero. In his three seasons at UAB, he caught five total passes. He's also pretty much a non-factor as a blocker. Like at best, I guess you could say he's pretty raw in that area. And then he's also a guy who's had fumbling issues. I believe he's fumbled over 10 times in the past two seasons. So not great there, but I really don't think it would be crazy if he gets on the right team in the right fit. Like I don't think it's crazy for him to find some success, but he's also a guy where he probably has like one singular kind of path to making an impact. And is that a shot you want to take? I mean, he's probably a dude who's going to be going round four rookie draft. So it's not like you're giving up a ton to get him, but something to keep an eye on there. And then at RB14, also in tier six, Deuce Vaughn out of Kansas State. I mean, if we're being honest, like everyone knows the clear red flag here with Deuce Vaughn. Um, There's been talk about Gibbs being undersized, A-Chain being undersized, and those guys are, you know, undersized as workhorses. But then we have Vaughn come in here at five foot five, 179 pounds. Now, kind of similar to those guys, uh, A-Chain and Gibbs that I talked about, you wouldn't expect it, but Vaughn is actually very capable, you know, rushing up the middle. He's not shying away from it, pretty solid. And he was actually very durable, you know, with uh, a big workload at Kansas State. He rushed for 2,962 yards the past two seasons in his three seasons there went for almost 1,300 receiving yards. So he really was a dominant college running back. It's just tough to see his role at the next level given his size. And then you also add in the fact that he really didn't test great. Like if you have a dude who's super tiny, you'd like to see him be kind of a freak athlete. I think the obvious comp that people throw out for him is Darren Sproles. Sproles was actually a little bit bigger. I think he's like an inch taller, 
maybe like five, six pounds heavier, but he also tested much better than Deuce Vaughn. So I kind of feel like he's a player that almost everyone is going to be rooting for, but I just don't know if he's going to have much of a payoff at all for fantasy football. I definitely hope he does. I think it would kind of, you know, be a fun, cool story, but it's not necessarily a guy I want to be, uh, you know, betting on in terms of my rookie picks. And then to wrap up these running back rankings, my RB15, also in tier six, Eric Gray out of Oklahoma. I think he's a guy here, some clear positives, some clear negatives. Starting off with the positives, he does possess a three down skill set with a solid frame, 5'10", 207. This past season rushed for 1,364 yards in 12 games, 6.4 yards per carry. He's also a guy who can definitely catch passes, caught 86 passes over the past three seasons. He had over 220 receiving yards in all three of those seasons. Now looking more, you know, on the downside, he's 23 years old, so definitely older as a prospect. And I think the tough part here was he was kind of just now able to put together a monster season. It's not like he had been dominating for three, four years and is still coming in as an older guy. He kind of really put it all together this past season. Now he did have a really strong year at uh, Tennessee. That was in 2020, but then he transferred to Oklahoma and then was kind of slotted behind Kennedy Brooks as a, uh, you know, a rusher. He did have a strong receiving role on that team. And then he also just didn't really test well, had a 40 somewhere in the four sixes. believe it was out of his pro day. So I think it was like a four, six, two, you bump that potentially to like a four, six, seven due to the uh, pro day times being much faster. And then the draft capital is not going to be great. So I wouldn't be shocked if he did have a role at the next level, but you know, if he's going around six, round seven, It's someone you just be having to take a flyer on if you do like him as a prospect. But that is going to uh, wrap it up for my top 15 running backs. I want to hear what you guys think. Who should be higher? Who should be lower? You know, I think at this point, it's kind of tough because we're predicting draft capital, trying to figure out where these guys are going. But I feel like after like Charbonnet, A-Chain, it's going to be really tough to kind of project at this point where those guys are going to go. So while, uh, like I said, I'll circle back to these after the NFL draft, get your guys' thoughts again. Uh, Check out the wide receivers. That'll be coming out probably tomorrow or in two days. Thank you all for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.